Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I are here to break down not just what happened on trade deadline day. Obviously, we're we're a week removed. I was on vacation, so must have been yeah, nice. It, it was nice and watching the trade deadline happen from Florida uh, and going to a couple Leafs games in in uh, Florida down there. Yeah, how that work out? Great for results, you. great <laughs> results. Uh, except for when the Leafs scored to go ahead four three against the Panthers, a guy behind us, also a Leafs fan, was very excited, jumped out of his seat, and actually went flying over top. <laughs> really. Of our seat, hit my dad. He spilled his wine, and uh, the guy fell. Luckily, there was an empty chair right next to him. So For, wait, he, uh, let's let's rewind though, really quick, and talk about you said spill the wine. Spilled so the wine. My oh my dad. My drinker. dad got wine okay. at a hockey game. Yeah, I just want to clarify. Yes, that. yes. Okay, uh, and. This, so this guy, he, of course, spills his wine. He's like down on the ground and was like, oh, man, sorry. I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know how this happened. Obviously inebriated. Right. And <laughs> I think he was with his mom. Wait, how old was this guy? Pretty, uh, probably he was like older than us. Oh, probably goodness. like had to have been late 30s, something like that. And he goes, oh, man, sorry. Did I, did I make you spill your wine? My dad says, yeah. He goes, oh, sorry, bro. <laughs> no, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't ask like, hey, can I get you another drink? <laughs> Like, yeah, I know they cost twenty bucks for a glass of wine. But can I toss you some some money? Can like, I give you a tenner or something? And nothing. And then his mom leans over, and was like, "Did you lose any of your wine?" My dad goes, "Yeah, most of it." And she's like, "Oh, sorry there, eh?" Sorry like, there, eh? Just because you say sorry and you say sorry, not sorry, uh, that doesn't mean you're polite. It means you're an <laughs> asshole when you spill someone's drink like that. Uh, but at least it was the. Our team that was scoring the goal. So I guess if there's there any that. caveat to that, there was that. It was it was fun. So we were uh, we were two and zero on our trip. Congratulations. Yeah, uh, we missed the trade deadline, but actually, it's it's good thing because we now we have some some games under our belt. We've seen some of these guys uh, end up in the lineups where they're at, and that that kind of gives us a little bit more of an idea of what these teams are going to look like moving forward. So uh, we're just going to run through these trades and we'll, we'll take a look at maybe what the impact has been so far and uh, how we expect their impact to be the rest of the year. So let's start a couple days before the deadline. Um, Andre Kasha has now, you know, he's had a little bit of time to acclimate himself. Uh, I mean, by that, I mean, he's played one game <laughs> for the Bruins so far. Um, uh, but the deal itself, Kasha for, of course, Bacchus, Axel Anderson, and a first-round pick. Uh, your thoughts on Anaheim giving up on Kasha? Well, I mean, I, we, we knew coming into the deadline that Anaheim was willing to take some money back, right? And, and of course, by doing so, they're, of course, going to obtain a, a better return than maybe they would if they just did a straight-up player for a pick or whatever have you. Um, and... Let's, I mean, let's be honest too. They didn't take all of Bacchus' salary. I think they left 25% with Boston, but yeah, yeah. still, I mean, Boston has to move salary out to get a guy like Kasha. And even though his salary is only 2.6 million, but, you know, <clears throat> I think Alex Anderson, he's, he's a good prospect. I, I think there, there is some potential there, but you got to think too for Boston, right? That first round pick they gave up, you're looking at, you know, a, a mid late ish, maybe 20, you know, you, you would assume they're probably going to go a little deep in the playoff, at least to the second round, maybe first round, depending on who they got to play. I don't know. But, um, so you, you got to think you're looking at a 20 ish pick. So, yeah. you know, in a, in a deep talent 
you know, in a deep pool on the in the draft, I think you can still get a quality player there at number twenty. And I mean, and it, let's not forget, Akasha's best season was a thirty-eight point season in uh, twenty seventeen eighteen. He did only play sixty-six games that year. Uh, last year, he only played thirty games. He had twenty points. Uh, this year, he's got twenty-three points in fifty games. I do love his game, though. He, he is a great two-way player, and when he's healthy, he's very, very effective. Even on a, on a terrible Ducks team, he was pretty good when he was healthy. But the problem is is staying healthy, right? So if you're Boston, you hope that you know, he can play a full you know, maybe 70, 75-plus you know, game season. And so um, you know, they got one more year left with him, which is great on his deal. And, and then he's an RFA, too. Right, so. and so he's still hanging around there. But um, you know, for Boston, it gives them a little bit of – little depth right now they they don't have to have charlie coil up on that second line they can throw him down on the third line let him center that or you know vice versa they can move kasha down coil up so you don't have to stack you know your top two lines now you get a little bit of breathing room right. with your third line right yeah and, and a 2.6 million dollar cap hit for a team that's that's generally up against it he's some cost control involved with him yep um we we saw a few cost control moves where maybe more was given up for a guy like personally and and let's let's give full props to Anaheim. They drafted Andre Kasha in twenty fourteen, two hundred and fifth overall in the seventh round. Wow! And they just flipped him now for and basically a guy who's a, at least this point at this point in his career he's been essentially a forty point guy, maybe as high end as fifty points. Okay, but I don't think he's much. He's he's not much more than that. Right. He's uh, never going to be a top line guy. No. So you and and with the first round pick, no matter where you're picking in the first round, you do have some an upside, like a chance to draft somebody who could be even a franchise player. I mean, Ryan Getzlaff went 26th overall or 24th, something like that. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, with so a deep you have pool a chance of you know talented guys coming in to the draft. You can you can snag a pretty decent player in the first round there. Yep, absolutely. Well, uh, okay, let's move on to. Vegas giving up Cody Eakin for what essentially is a, a fourth round pick. Yeah, there there are conditions to this pick, right? So it's a 2021 fourth round conditional pick, and the condition is it upgrades to a 21 third round pick if Winnipeg makes the playoffs or re-signs um, Cody Eakin before July 5th. So no and in there. It's just one or the other. Yep. Uh, Winnipeg, we know right now, sitting on the bubble. They're fighting Nashville and, and Calgary for those wild card spots. So um, initially when I saw this trade, I thought, okay, cool. It's a, it's a nice little depth move because, don't get me wrong, I, I think Winnipeg, obviously, they have Mark Shifley at center. But beyond that, their depth in the center position isn't really that great. No, so, and I mean, that, that has been their issue is that they trade for Paul Stastny, Paul Stastny Jets. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> actually, no pun intended. Uh, then they, of course, they trade for Kevin Hayes, and he leaves for Philadelphia. And so now, I they just didn't want to give up that higher pick to bring in the guy. There and there really wasn't there really wasn't a a center available like that that they could have gotten. So instead, you trade for a guy like Cody Eakin, who is a third line center, as opposed to maybe getting a guy who could play in the top six, like a Kevin Hayes, like a, a Paul Stastny. Uh, but you're playing them down in the lineup. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I like the move for... It's really a no risk for for Winnipeg, and essentially we found out later it was a, a way for Vegas to clear some cap, and uh, Cody Eakin does have a pretty high cap hit for 
what he is, 3.85 million for a guy who's best year is a 41 point year last year he's a third year. line center in my opinion that's and, what he is and he and he only has 10 points through this year just not having a, a really great year so uh, i think good move all around uh the i guess the the one downside is he he's not a ufa at the end of the year is yeah he'll yeah, be he a is. ufa okay, he is yeah yeah which i mean again when you're giving up a fourth round pick for a guy that's probably again no pun intended good a jet this summer um yeah, it's you fine. Know, it's it's a low risk, high reward kind of move because again, they they needed help at the center position, and and now you don't have to have Blake Wheeler play your second line center. Um, they 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 right now they have Cody Eakin slotted in there between Line A and Ehlers. How long that's going to last, I have no idea. Yep. Um, but we'll see it again. But it gives you know Winnipeg the option to to now put that top line that was so you know dangerous last the last couple of seasons back together uh you know Kyle Connor of course he's already another 30 goal season Blake Wheeler we know what he can do he can give you 70 assists every single year he's phenomenal so yeah. uh we'll see what they do now all right uh Kovalchuk goes to the Capitals this one really flew under the radar even when when watching all the coverage on on deadline day there wasn't a whole lot of chatter about Kovalchuk going to Washington and we I actually remember I on our previews like predictions for things i said it would be great if he could go here there's so many russians on this team of course ovechkin's like the leader of all the russians throughout the national hockey league anyways right. like i see it he you know like if there's one guy who the russians are pointing to it's it's uh oh my gosh ovechkin yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah so it's i love the move it kind of brings these two guys who both you know kovalchuk obviously a little bit older but Kind of came in same generation, uh, and and have teared up the league. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if Kovalchuk can continue the pace that he was doing with Montreal. Like he played very well with Montreal. I mean, kudos to Montreal, who's what they gave up a, a fifth round pick for Marco Scandella, flipped him for a second round pick, right. and then signed Kovalchuk for nothing, seven hundred grand, but he only played. 22 games for them. So in reality, they paid him like $150,000 and they get a third round pick for him. So thus yeah, far, good asset management. Thus far, not a, not a great start for Kovalchuk in two games. He's got no points and he's a minus three, but uh, I guess we'll be willing to give him more than two games to, to yeah. feel it out. And I, I think this is more of a, a playoff move because um, Let's face it; he's not going to get those top six minutes that he was getting in Montreal. Sure, sure. Um, and that's definitely helpful. And yeah, and and don't get me wrong; I I think he's the, he's the type of guy too. For those who don't know, he loves to set up like Ovi at the top of the circle and just wail that slap shot, right? So power play time wise, he's not going to get a ton of it either because Ovi can hang out there for a minute and a half, minute forty five all day long and just rip it at the top of the circle. So you know he'll get a, he'll get twenty fifteen seconds of power play time at best. And uh, he'll he'll be more to in my opinion. I think he's going to be a guy come playoff time where the teams you know if they're struggling their top six you know having Lars Eller, Carl Hagelin, Kovalchuk on that third line that that could pay off very well for these these Capitals here. All right, uh, let's uh, let's go to a trade with your Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Mike Green, as as we predicted, gets dealt and he gets sent to the Edmonton Oilers. Obviously, the Ken Holland connection is strong as we saw them make another move later on in the day for another Red Wings player. Uh, you Kyle Brodzniak and a fourth round pick could become a third if uh, Green plays 50% of the games 
and they advance to the conference finals. Uh, and Detroit retains 50% of his salary, which doesn't really matter because he's a UFA. And so sure. it's just for Edmonton's cap purposes. Um, yeah, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm totally fine with this because Mike Green's had some health issues. He hasn't been that same, you know, 30, 40 point offensive threat that, you know, he was when he signed with Detroit. Um, but given his health, given his production as of lately, the fact that they were able to get a fourth round pick and it could potentially be a third round pick, it's not bad, honestly. I mean, let's let's be honest. Mike Green's going to play a, a five six role on Edmonton's defense and play second power play unit, you know. But you know, he gives them the ability if he can turn it around. And you know, now he's got a lot more talent. I don't want to say a lot more talented players, but he's got McDavid and Drysital. And he wanted out. Yeah, and like he wanted he, out. You know, that that's mentally he's probably in a in a, a more tough place when you like when you want to leave. You, I mean, let's be honest here. Let's pull back. And look at what this Red Wings team is doing right now. They, I don't want to look. <laughs> they are one of the worst teams of the last 20 years. Absolutely. They are horrible. Right now, they have won 12 games in regulation or overtime. Yeah, the Atlanta Thrashers in their first year in the NHL won 14 games in regulation or overtime. Now, there was no shootout. So uh, obviously that's where three of Detroit's wins have come in the shootout. So we're going to kind of, we'll, we'll leave those to the side. Even if we say that that's like three of those games was a tie. Uh, yeah. It's uh it's a pretty bad. Yeah. It, 12 games. The one number that looks <laughs> really bad to me is 18 the, uh, games left. yeah. The one number that looks really bad is the goal differential, right? You look at a hundred, 120, essentially, you know, in the negative and the next worst team is San Jose. And I think they're only 46. Like, yeah. It, it's, not even close. Um, uh, actually, the next verse is Ottawa, 47. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're just miles beyond everybody else. It's 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 pretty bad. I think the worst goal differential was Washington in their little four-win season. Yeah. Uh, and it was like 300 or 200 and something. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But it was, it was pretty bad. But, um, yeah, for Detroit to get something back, I, I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't, you know, get rid of a lot more UFAs. Um, but hopefully for Green now, his mentality right turned around. Uh, he's going to go to a place where he knows he's going to compete for a Stanley Cup. He gets to play, like I said, with you know McDavid and Drysaddle in front of him. So now he's got better guys to dish the puck to, and uh, hopefully that'll you know turn into a little bit better production. And then again, gives Edmonton you know some better options on the back end, which has really been their Achilles heel for a long time. All right, um, yeah, I would. I Mike Green, great. Nice little easy pick up there for the Oilers. Uh, Nemesnikov goes to the Colorado Avalanche for a fourth round pick. Uh, I will, uh, you know, Nemesnikov has really fallen from grace. Like, if you remember just in 27, uh, 2017-18, he's on the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's 20 goals in 62 games, 44 points. And, and pretty er- earlier on in that year, he was playing on the top line. He was actually playing with Kucherov and and Stamkos as their, as their left winger, kind of that like net front presence going to the corners kind of guy. And he was the perfect fit. It was the perfect line for him. Uh, they trade him to the Rangers. That was when they acquired Ryan McDonough and he goes to the Rangers. He ends up with two goals in 19 games, only four points. And the following year he ends up, he last year he has 31 points goes to Ottawa He's got 25 points in 54 games. But, man, he 
he just it's a, he he is almost like a different player. Like they're not nobody's putting him around other talented guys, and I think that he maybe is one of those guys that needs to be around some oh, line drivers. Like he obviously he's not a line he's not a guy who's going to drive a line, but he's a really nice complimentary piece, and I don't know why nobody's figured out how to use him because Tampa was using him just fine. Now of course you go to a Rangers team that's rebuilding, and he was on their top line, but there wasn't really much chemistry there which wasn't really happening for him uh so far in colorado through two games he's got an assist uh but i think if he's used properly in colorado that this deal is actually actually could become one of the most significant deals of this day well i will say given their injury you know the bug the injury bug that's going on in colorado they just you know i don't know how long ratnan's going to be out and um you know with cadre i don't know when he's coming back either if he even has, but um, yeah. So given their their injuries that are going around, I think this is a great depth piece that gives you a little bit more flexibility to have a guy who has proven he he can do you know thirty forty points, and so if you can move him into your you know your top nine somehow, and um, you know it gives you a couple more options, and you can give other guys a little bit more of a look, and then if worst case scenario now you just throw them up. You know, maybe with like, you know, uh, Andre Barakowski and maybe try to get that little Russian connection going and see if they can't help jumpstart it. But I like it. Uh, Okay, so one of the biggest deals of the day, Jean-Gabriel Pajot goes to the New York Islanders. uh, Already seeing just uh, a big impact from him in his first game as an Islander where, I mean, unfortunately, he kind of threw a suicide pass down the middle and uh, <laughs> and got his guy exploded and he goes and you know gets in a fight ends up his first game he's got a goal and a penalty in 17 penalty minutes I think is what it was oh, uh, when all was said and done uh, but through two games he's got a couple goals and uh, and he has fit in beautifully maybe the best fit thus far out of any deal made on deadline day yeah he I mean he's right now he's slotted in as a third line center although I don't think that's where ultimately he's going to spend most of his time anyways. But with that said, I think this guy is he, – he fits their system very, very well because he plays a great two-way game. He's an excellent centerman. He knows how to take draws. Um, you know, he's got speed. He's got, he's got all the tools I think Barry Trotz would want for somebody in his system, and that's why they were so quick, too, to, to hand him out that, that extension for five mil per. Yeah, for the and next seven – six years. Six years, six years a six yeah. Six-year deal. Uh, I mean, they do. They give up a first-round pick, which it's conditional on the Islanders selecting in the if they select in the top three, they win the draft lottery. So that's not going to happen. So right, uh, they get this year's first-round pick, a second-round pick this year, and then if they win the Stanley Cup this year, then they get a 2022 third-round pick. So it's it's a first and a second-round pick, which in my mind, the Islanders eh, could they win? They could win another round. Um, this pick could be, they could lose in the first round just as easily as they could win. I think, I think they're, they're very much a team that, uh, going in other than the fact that Barry Trotz is their coach. And we know that Barry Trotz can, can pull some things out of his butt with it, with a team that maybe is a lesser talented team. Uh, he has the horses like Lou Lamarillo has done a very good job at going. This is my coach. These are the guys that he's going to need to have this system work. And he has given him those guys. Like, you know, they, they went and they signed even even like simple Leo Komarov. And uh, I mean, they, they kept Jordan Eberle around because he was, he was such a good fit 
with Barry Trotz there. They they bring in Derek Broussard, who has he he hasn't been the worst acquisition for the Islanders. Uh, no, and at one point twenty nine dollars in sixty one games. At two, yeah, two yeah. point yeah, exactly. So they've been able to bring in the right guys uh, for his system, and 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 even I mean Semyon Varlamov. We talked, you know, when they signed him in the summer and they chose to let Robin Leonard go, uh, we weren't sure how Varlamov would play in the system, and he's done beautifully. It really hasn't missed a step. Yeah, my one concern, though, and especially with this deal and how quick they were to hand out an extension, is they have a lot of guys here. Um, they have a, a lot of money. They're a little bit, I don't want to say older, because, you know, they're all 28, 29, most of these guys. Late 20s yeah. for the most part. So they got guys that have term signed to these extensions, right? And you still got to pay Barzell, who, in my opinion, is going to garner over $9 million a season. Um, yeah, as a, as a center, a guy who, well... Your I mean, number one center. He's, the, but the difference is, I mean, he's he had a, a phenomenal rookie season. Absolutely. Behind John Tavares. He comes in, he's the top center. He puts up 62 points and 18 goals. Now he's got 18 goals in 63 games. He'll eclipse his 62-point total last year with, with 19 games left to go. My guess is he ends up somewhere in the 65 to 70 point range, yeah. um, which is probably good for, I think, more like seven and a half, eight million. It's probably where he where he ends up. I put I, him closer to nine personally. When you look at what Kevin Hayes got and what he's doing, that's going to be a real big comparable. And Barzell's going to be say, hey, if this guy gets seven million dollars and look what I'm doing, I'm your number one. Price is going to go up a little bit there. But with that said. Um, for a team that struggles to score goals, right? You know, JG Pajot to me isn't the answer in terms of goal scoring. He's going to provide some great two way hockey and he's going to help a little bit with that depth scoring on your third line. But, you know, if they get into struggles again, scoring wise, you know, they don't have any wiggle room to really get themselves out of that crunch. Right. Um, which is going to be a concern. And I mean, again, let's talk about the other deal that almost happened too, and that was Andrew Ladd going to Minnesota for Zach Parise. Right, that one was. They both waived their clauses to go to move. The deal almost happened, so I think this is something they could revisit in the summer. And again, while I don't maybe necessarily think that that you know improves the goal scoring a ton, I, it would definitely be a better acquisition than having Lad eat up cap space. But yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Someone has to eat up cap space. It might as well be Parisian. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, probably the most unexpected deal of the day: Vinny Trocheck getting dealt to the Carolina Hurricanes. For Eric Howla, Lucas Walmark, Chase Prisky, and Edu Louis-Sterainen. Louis-Sterainen. Okay, there we go. I tried. Better than I would have said. Um, yeah, this uh, this trade kind of came out of nowhere. Florida Panthers battling with the Maple Leafs for that bottom spot in the Atlantic Division. And they give up their second-line center. Yeah. For Eric Howla, who is, is at best... A second line winger at at his best, uh, and Lucas Walmark probably like a, a borderline AHL fourth line. Yeah, he's going to provide some depth at you know in their their minor league system. But they did get a couple nice prospects, I will say. Um, you know these guys are supposed to be potential you know NHL talent, but you know again I I just don't know the thinking behind Florida's rationale to to give up on a guy like Trocheck, right? I mean, granted, he did have 30 goals, 40, maybe it was 40 goals. Two seasons, yeah, two seasons ago. from a 31-goal season, and he, 75 points, too. Yeah, and he he's 
he's never been one of those guys that stays healthy for an entire season, right? He's, you know, last couple of years he's been well, dealing just, with the injury. Just, but, the la- just the last two years. I mean, he two years before that, 16, 17, and 17, 18, he played all 82 games. Uh, and the year before that, he played 76. Right. Uh, but, but I he, mean, maybe Florida's concerned, right, with the injury and saying, hey, we, we want a guy who can stay healthy. Uh, and, uh, again, I don't know. You got a guy who who has the potential. I still think he is a he can be a twenty five thirty goal scorer, and you're only paying him four point seven million dollars. Like that's a steal. Yeah. Like yeah. and so you're dumping that cap money. You're giving Carolina gold, right? And one thing I, I've always said is if Carolina is interested in your guy, keep him. <laughs> There's a good reason for it. And that's. Uh, and so Eric Hollow right now, Florida has him centered on that second line. I'm not sure how long that's going to last, um, but man, I just—I I don't know if maybe they're—they're they're trying to set themselves up because they need to move some money somewhere so they can maybe re-sign Hoffman in the offseason. Maybe that's their goal. That could—that could be true. Um, you but know, the, but but this is—you're trying to make the playoffs, right? And they just—it to me, what what. What are you thinking as a as a Panther when this deal goes through? You're you're saying now we've got to rely on Barkoff and Huberto well, to and do everything. And you're saying we we don't really either we don't care if we make the playoffs this year or we're we're pretty sure that we're not going to. So yeah. they didn't believe in this team with Trocheck. How do they feel about this team without him? Yeah, I mean Eric Hall has had one really good season, but outside of that, he's been a 25, 30 point right. guy. Right. And I think that's what he is. Is it fair to say that they're talentless? Wow, I'm just Dale Talons is their GM. Yeah, eh. nope, got it. I got it. I know there was just someone, uh. someone listening that was like, "What the f- is he talking about?" <laughs> uh, okay, let's. Uh, Nate Thompson goes to the Flyers for a fifth round pick. Uh, that's fine. It's a nice little depth move. Leafs get Callie Rosen for Michael Hutchinson. Uh, Rosen goes back to the Leafs. Hutchinson to the Avs. Hutchinson might play. Who knows? A little probably depth not move because well. Uh, uh, well, yeah, Grubauer's out Grubauer's right now, hurt, but yeah. he'll be he'll be back. Right. Uh, Rosen's already played a game for the Leafs, so there you go. There's that. already a win. Um, I love this one. Patrick Marlowe goes to the Pittsburgh Penguins, the team that Patrick Marlowe, as a child, was a big fan of. Pretty cool for a third round pick if the Penguins win the Cup this year, which is entirely possible. Absolutely, uh, it becomes a second round pick. So, I mean, the Sharks, I think they made out with this deal. Patrick Marlowe, a guy that they signed. You know, 10, 15 games into the year for a league minimum, and they get minimum third round pick. They this could become a second round pick for them. Uh, considering what, like, let's go to an, another trade that happened really shortly after the Sabres get Wayne Simmons for a fifth round pick that maybe becomes a fourth round pick it, if it meets several. Um, just way too many conditions. There's no way. First off, what the? Why the frick did the Sabers trade for Wayne Simmons? Second off, this condition: if Simmons plays ten regular season games, okay, well that'll probably happen. Sure. The Buffalo Sabers qualify for the 2020 playoffs. Probably not. Definitely not. Yeah. I would be willing to put fifty thousand dollars in the fact that they okay. won't make the playoffs. Yeah, I think the Rangers have a better <laughs> chance at this point. They're ten but, points out of the playoffs. Yeah. I think this is. I think that is a move where I think they're thinking longer term. They're going to convince him to sign a low salary deal and stay there maybe for a few more years afterwards. But yeah. Um, okay. So so back to a third round pick for Patrick Marlowe, a guy who. I, this is a win win for both teams, man, in my opinion. Yeah. Absolutely. Great depth. Uh, Patrick Marlowe can skate. 
Yeah, um, still got the wheels too, which is great. And, and I mean, Pittsburgh's been the most ravished team of injury this whole entire season, right? They've yeah, they've they, lost more man games sure. than anybody and, else. And not not just like, oh hey, we've had a bunch of third and fourth line guys out. Right. I mean, Crosby's missed time. Malkin's missed significant time. Like. I mean, Crosby had major surgery mid-season, right? Like, it's right. just been been a, a rough year for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yet they're still they actually barely barely hanging on to that spot in the in the Metro right now. As Philadelphia has kind of come out of nowhere, and yeah, they're eight and two from. in their last ten, won five in a row. But uh, actually, I think they I think they play each other here pretty soon. That'd be fantastic. Also, um, it doesn't help that Pittsburgh has lost to L.A. and Anaheim in back-to-back games. Yeah, that 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 in was in regulation. Good. But I I don't actually you know when I look at this Patrick Marlowe deal, I don't even think this is mainly for regular season purposes because Pittsburgh's getting in. I think this is a, a depth move for the playoffs because when things start tightening up a little bit more, right, and your top lines are getting shut down, that's when you need that third line to step up. And I think Marlowe, with the experience and the the presence he has, he's going to be that guy that can step in and motivate these bottom six guys to go out there and push it a little bit harder. And uh, you know, you'll you'll see the value, the return come playoff time for a guy like Marlowe. All right, um, let's just uh, roll up here a little bit. Danton Heinen goes to the Anaheim Ducks for Nick Ritchie, defenseman for a forward here, going to the Boston Bruins. No I, forward for forward. Uh, Oh yeah, you're right. Hayden yeah, is a forward. <laughs> yeah, I um I like this move because I think Richie is a guy who, to me, he's one of those guys that I look at and I say I've expected more out of his whole entire career. Right? I think when he came into Anaheim, he was expected to be a, like the next big power forward behind Getzlaff on that team. Uh, but I still think he's got, he's got a little bit more in the tank, um, and I think he adds a little bit more grit because Boston's I don't want to say they've gotten softer. But I don't think they're they're as tough to play against as maybe they once were, you know. Especially when you look back in you know 2011 when they won, how just, well sure times know. were a little different right. then too. <laughs> but I think this will this will be a little bit more grit in their bottom six and a guy who can who can still you know skate pretty decently, still can you know put up a few points. So yeah, uh, I just I mean I think Heinen's a better player. Yeah, I do too. And numbers Absolutely. wise, that 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 point stands up. Uh, of course, Nick Ritchie has less of a a, a lower salary. Yeah, and that might have been part of it dollars. too. That could be part of it. Uh, but they also like let's lump this into the greater trade of like Andre Kasha also going to Boston. So we could just lump all those things in together. And to me, the the Bruins basically acquire a guy who's slightly better than Heinen. Uh, but they they also acquire a guy who's not as good in Nick Ritchie. Uh, I'm sorry, Kasha, Kasha. Right. Let right. me start. <laughs> Kasha. <laughs> that they acquire Kasha, who I who's better than Heinen, but Heinen is better than Nick Ritchie. Right. In the end, so yeah, you're going for maybe the types of player, but ultimately, I really like this move for Anaheim, I, and it and it already is paying some dividends. He's played played well thus far. I actually think Anaheim's. Won both games that he's played in. He's got a goal and an assist in his first two games. All right. So getting some more responsibility too with Anaheim, and I think that this trade will work out real well for Dan Hine and Nick Ritchie. I I truly I think that he's like I won't say like a bust. No, I mean he's got two points through two games, which isn't bad. But um, I, I mean think, in his career as a whole. Oh as, yeah, as well, a tenth overall pick, a guy who's put up you know 
30 Big. points seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Third, yeah. He's, his, I mean, he's a third line winger. Third. That's what he is. But I think, I think this move, you like we're in a copycat league, right? And I think the last two seasons, you look at Washington and St. Louis winning the cup, they brought grit, right? They weren't all speed. They weren't all finesse. And so I think this move has a lot to do with it where they Boston looks at it and says, okay, if we've got to go up against Washington, if we make it to the finals again and got to play St. Louis, who just manhandled us a lot of games, this guy's going to help us out. He's going to help us out in that that area because I think, you know, Boston, they tried to, you know, bring David Backus over for that purpose and it didn't work out. So, you know, Richie, to me, still has the potential to be a better point guy than, than Backus was during his Then Backus, there, so. that's, that's fair. It's tough to get worse than David Backus. Yeah. Uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, okay, so let's go back to your Detroit Red Wings. Thank you. And uh, the, the Red Wings get Sam Gagne and two second-round picks uh, from the Edmonton Oilers in 2020 and 2021 for Andreas Athanasiu and Ryan Kuffner. Don't know anything about Ryan Kuffner. Nope. Uh, but uh, this move, I think, was a much better haul than what they got for Mike Green from the Oilers. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, your thoughts on what you guys were able to get back for yeah. Anthony C. Two second-round picks was great for a guy who, I mean, let's face it, Anthony Anthony C. can be a 30-goal scorer. You hate saying his name right. I, I love saying his name right. Anthony C. Anthony C. No, it's Anthony C. <laughs> Look at A-T-H-A-N-A-S-I-O. Stop. Athens was it? You. I think it was. Uh, There's no ants in his name. Ken Daniels. He's like <laughs> you got to pr- pronounce it as. And nice to see you is how to. And nice to see you. <laughs> so, but anyways, so two second round picks for a guy who once was a 30 goal scorer, and obviously he hasn't had anybody centering him. He's again. I don't think he's a line driver, but. The speed is there. The hands are there. We know he's got the potential to be that kind of guy. And yeah, and now he you can see score him, five on five. Yeah, when he's put in the right situation, we know he like led right. the league in five on five goals or was like top five. And right, he was, he was top, top five. five yeah, and so now you put him with a guy like Connor McDavid, where you have two of the fastest guys in the league now get to play with each other. That's a win win for for Edmonton. No, I mean, you're gonna finally give a guy who can play on the wing with McDavid and keep up. And I think you know if Cassian comes back healthy and ready to go, um, you know that could be a very dangerous line for them. And now you get the now the, the better part of that is too is now you have the option to put Drysaddle on that second line with Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto when he comes back healthy because that line was was tearing it up while McDavid was was out you know you know dealing with injuries so yep, yep. I, I think now you get you get more options and then if you know worst case scenario you start to struggle a little bit in the playoffs you put Drysaddle up with McDavid and then guess what Nugent Hopkins still a very capable number two center now gets to you know play with Anthony Sioux and I think that's still a you know, still a good landing spot for him anyways. And I think his potential, you know, again, there's still a good ceiling for him. And, um, you know, to get two second round picks for a guy who really just wasn't working out in Detroit and, and everybody knew needed to go somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good return. Uh, especially considering that they drafted him in the fourth round in 2012, 110th overall, they'll get a chance to draft two players in the top, likely in the top 50 Right. When all is said and done in, in both those. And years. again, a deep draft this year. So, you know, that second round pick will probably be a pretty, pretty decent acquisition. Yep. Uh, the Oilers also get Tyler Ennis from the Ottawa Senators. And so that was a, uh, a nice little depth move for the Oilers. I really think, I don't know about you, but in terms of the Oilers in the playoffs, I think that they've kind of cemented themselves into the playoff picture. Do we, 
I, I mean, of course, they could still easily miss the playoffs, but uh, I just don't. I don't see really the one team that's chasing them would be the uh, you know Calgary for, for all, like a wild card position would be Winnipeg, which okay, Edmonton's going to have to fall three spots to miss the playoffs. I think they're in good shape. Yeah, I, I would think so too. Now that you've got both McDavid and a dry sidle healthy for the stretch here, I think these guys will will ramp it up a little bit and um, they'll be all right. I I do think as uh, I as we did talk about a couple weeks ago, Nashville wasn't going to just lay over and die, and Nashville has really turned it on six and three in their last ten and looking real they've good. Won three games in a row. Yeah, they they look much better. Uh, but you know who else does? The Minnesota Wild. <laughs> That's All true. of a sudden, the Minnesota Wild are one point out of a playoff spot. They've overtaken Arizona, and and I mean they've got two games in hand on Winnipeg. They should be able to jump them. And my goodness, if it'll be a battle. Minnesota the makes the playoffs somehow. It would be pretty crazy. You could give Boudreau or you could who was there in there? They, Not Boudreau. Yeah, uh, they fired Boudreau. But. Yeah. Um, gosh, I can't remember his name. You could give him the Jack Adams nomination right there. Um, Just but, for the thirty yeah, games that he's their coach, it's uh, <laughs> Dean Everson. Okay, yeah, I will say though, in terms of the Ennis move, right, right now he's playing up on a line with uh, McDavid, and he's got two points through two games. But again, Ennis is another guy with speed, right? He's got wheels on him, and so now you've got again options, which is what Edmonton really needed on the wing were options right so now you can you can put ennis on your third line because he he did have some some decent production in ottawa um so now you can have a a better third line or you can move him up if you know injuries happen like they they have and now you've got a guy who's capable of skating with Connor mcdavid and you don't have to break up you know your first and second lines now yeah i mean i'd say i'd say like quietly tyler ennis is having his best season since like the his second year in the league I mean, he had 49 points. You know, when when he first came into the league, he was it was it was kind of more like this guy is going to be a, a a top six forward. He's he's super fast. Uh, had a lot of skill. He had 49 points in 82 games in his first year in the league. Uh, 34 and 48 in the lockout year, and then he had some injuries. And really, after he got hurt in 2012, 2013, he was just never the same. Uh, and that season with Toronto that he signed last year, I think really kind of brought him back to the to the forefront. He really turned his game around. He goes to Ottawa, 33 points in 61 games so far this year for him in Ottawa. And uh, I, I I think coming to Edmonton, man, this he might. I know they have they have what 18 games left or whatever, or 17 yeah, games somewhere around there. If he plays up with McDavid. Like or you know if he's if he's playing up in the lineup, there's a chance that he could still end up with like 14 more points over the next 17, 18 games. He might have a career high here. There you go. <laughs> and you you might have you might have what could be maybe the steal of this day is getting a guy who plays in your top six and can put up big points who nobody thought could as as he kind of rediscovers his game as a you know what is he like twenty. 28. 26, 27? Uh, 27, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's 30. Oh, geez. That was yeah. way off. Old AF, Justin. <sighs> uh, love the Pittsburgh Penguins getting Connor Sheary back and Evan, Evan Rodriguez from the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. Connor could, Sheary comes home. That that could be good for Crosby right Penguins there. Penguins haven't won the Cup since Connor Sheary left. <laughs> it's true. 
Who they uh, I th- think like they won the Stanley Cup two years in a row after calling Connor Sheary up. Connor Sheary leaves, and they they get skunked in two years in a row, and uh, Connor Sheary's back. Maybe he's all they need. Yeah, you, I mean, again, it it's kind of like Edmonton, right? There's not a lot of guys that can play on the wing with Crosby and do it well. Whereas the same with you know McDavid, there's not a lot of guys that play on his wing very well either. And so Sherry's been one of those guys that can can skate, can play with Crosby, and they they fit together pretty good. Um, you know, I think Pittsburgh. I don't know how long he's still going to be out, but Brian Rust. Um, you know, they're still waiting for him to come back, so they can throw him on a line with with Crosby too. But uh, Jason Zucker, though, has looked pretty good with Crosby. I will say, and we'll talk about that trade yes. a little later. Yes. Um, but I think from from a Buffalo perspective, right, this is a good move. You get a guy who, um, you know, still relatively young. He's only 24, so he's still got some some time to develop, I think. And, um, you know, he can be a consistent 30, 40-point guy that maybe you can throw on your second line and give you a little bit more depth on the wing, which is definitely what uh, Buffalo needs right now. Okay. Um, let's talk about Nick Cousins going to the, the Vegas Golden Knights real quick for a fourth-round pick to Montreal. Um Love this move because of giving up uh, Cody Eakins earlier in the day. Even though Cody Eakins was playing center, he also played the wing. And so they bring in a guy who can... He's actually put up 22 points so far this year. So not a not a bad point producer for you know, what, what ends up being a fourth round pick. And they, and they were able to trade uh, Eakins for what? A fifth, a fifth round pick. Yeah. So a pretty nice haul there for the Golden Knights. Um, Christian Juice goes from the Capitals to the Ducks in exchange for Daniel Sprong. This one was an interesting one to me. Yeah, I, I'm not a little, sure. Little depth move. Yeah, it's a little depth move. I think. Um, you know, I gosh, when the when the Capitals won the Cup, I remember hearing Christian Juice's name quite a bit during that 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 run. But I mean, he's a good depth defenseman, and I think um, you know Anaheim if they're you know. They're hitting that rebuild, that reset button. I think at 25, he still gives them a guy with some experience who can who can be maybe in a couple of years a veteran guy to a lot of the younger kids like Sam Steele, even though he is on defense, you yeah, know. But yeah. um, you know, just a nice guy to have in the locker room. I think. Yep. All right. Uh, the Sharks they make out trading Barkley Goodrow, uh, fourth line, fourth line guy for a first round pick and Anthony and uh, Anthony Greco. They also give up a third round pick, which is Philadelphia's in 2020. Yeah, I actually really like this move from a Tampa Bay perspective. Um, and the big reason why is, um, what's his face? Barclay is still signed, right? He's not just a one-year guy. And I think that's why it ended up costing them a um, you know first round pick is because he still has some some years left on his deal. Um, man, how many years? Did he... He's got one year after this that's year. That's right, one year. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah. But I think he he's a guy who can come in, uh, you know, give you some bottom six minutes. He's he has a good two way game. He's a good penalty killer, which I think Tampa Bay will never say no to, uh, because then they can keep their you know more finesse, talented guys a little, give them a little bit of a breather off, keep them off the ice, you know, and then you can go throw your, you know, your, um, you know, Anthony Sorelli's, your your Alex Kalorns out on the penalty kill and give guys like Stamkos and Braden Point a little breather, but. Um, yeah, so he'll, he'll be a nice depth mood for them. And again, for a team that's a little bit up against the cap um, with a lot of you know higher-end salaries, he'll, he'll be a guy that you know fits in that bottom six real nice at a low cost. 
Yeah, I understand giving up your first round pick uh, for it's a player. It's essentially a second round for pick. A pl- I mean, no, it's not. <laughs> you know what? That's what people said last year. Oh, it's essentially well, a first round, a second round pick, and then you know what it ended up being is like twentieth overall. Yeah, I'll give you that. You don't know what's going to happen. Now, of course, you're taking a risk, and and you you would as the Tampa Bay Lightning, it's it's an appropriate risk to take. I just don't really let, like. I think there's other players and other teams that if you had said, oh, will you, we'll give you a, a first-round pick for your third-line guy over here, that they would have done it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's I understand he's making 1.6. I know that next year it's very likely that a guy like Tyler Johnson or Andre Palat or Alex Kalorn will be dealt, and that leaves for a guy like Goodrow to move up into the lineup. You have some cost control. I just... At a little under a million dollars, I don't I don't mind it for a, a good, you know, bottom six guy who kills penalties. I think if he again, I think if he goes out and does what he was brought in to do and doesn't try to be anything more, I think it'll be a, a decent steal for them. That is, again, assuming that Tampa Bay goes a little deep in the playoffs and this ends up being a late first round. You're telling me that the Detroit Red Wings would have been unwilling to give up Andre Athanasiu for a first round pick? No. Well, okay. So here's here's my thought on that, right? Detroit definitely would have given Anthony C up for a first round pick. However, the problem is, is as I'm sure Tampa Bay wisely knows, is that he's an RFA after the season and he's going to want again want three money, four yeah. million dollars. So they can't afford to give him that anyway. So <clears throat> yeah, I just I man, obviously these teams are doing their homework, but uh, there's just far more that I would want to acquire with my first round pick. Uh, you're like. It seems to me like the, I mean, even even a guy like, I don't know. I, well, I'm sure, again, I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of other guys that, you know, you or I or a lot of other people would have pointed at and been like, okay, for a guy that has term and, you know, low cap it, I would have much rather given up my first round for that guy, right? But well, I'm they, sure- I mean, and the fact that they also give up their, you know, they gave up a first round pick for, and Nolan Foote for Blake Coleman. Blake, that's a better deal. Blake Coleman at least is... He's a he's a goal he's scorer. A goal scorer yeah. yeah. Um but again, we'll we'll see how this deal pans out, right? I know Tampa Bay did their homework. There's a reason they wanted this guy. Uh, and apparently they like the two guys they got, Coleman and Goudreau, they had those two guys pinned for like we need to get these guys. Right. So, so they know something we don't. That's why they're being paid the money to uh to scout and we're not. So Hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move to Sammy Vatnin going to the Carolina Hurricanes for Frederick Clausen, Yanni Kokinen, and a conditional fourth round pick. Yeah, which another... becomes a third round pick if Vatnin plays in twelve regular season games, or Carolina makes the playoffs and he plays in seventy percent of their playoff games. Yeah, not bad. Which I think will like will happen. happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, gosh, another one that uh, we we called here on OT Hockey Talk. That's right. Quite proud Stay about that one. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do like this move because, again, you get a right-handed shot, right? I think with Dougie Hamilton being out, I'm not sure how long he's going to be gone. Uh, Brett Pichy's gone too now. Um, you know, they, they definitely needed to bring in a defenseman. Uh, we know they did bring in another defenseman. I'm not sure why they brought in both these guys, but yeah, we'll find well, out. Because Dougie Hamilton's also hurt. Well, so yeah, well. Yeah, but I again I like Sammy Vatnin. He he has mobility. He has the ability to move the puck up and down the ice quickly. He can still be a decent point producer. So 
you get a guy who, when he was in Anaheim, right, he was he was looked at as a potential really good top four guy. Um, and then being a right-handed shot too, right? Those things are very hard to come by, especially at deadline time. You usually end up paying a little bit more. So I think for what they sent over, even if it is a conditional pick and a couple prospects, I think they did get their money's worth for sure for a guy like Vatnin. I just don't understand why New Jersey, like how did New Jersey not get more for Sammy Vatnin when the Montreal Canadiens got a second freaking round pick <laughs> from Marco Scandella, all they can get. I mean, Frederick Lawson, He's a career AHL. Like that's really all he is. Maybe a bo- a bottom pairing guy if 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 things pan out. Uh, I mean, Sammy Vatnin though is a like he's a forty point defenseman in the, in the right system and when he can stay healthy, he's a forty point defenseman. And Yanni Kokinen, I mean, he was taken in the second round. He's he's actually having a pretty nice season in the American Hockey League right now. He's got forty two points in fifty two games. He's never produced. He doesn't have a point in the NHL yet. Uh, obviously, they, they're hoping that he can be a player for them. But, I mean, to acquire what they acquired for Sammy Vatnin seems like you should have been able to. Like, if the Lightning are giving up a first-round pick for Goudreau, how are you not at least getting something more than Right, and defensemen acquired? are more valuable. I mean, let's face it, especially a right-handed guy. My thought process, I had two thoughts on that. I mean, so. Brady, Brady Shea goes for a first-round pick. I know Vatnin, I know that Vatnin's a, a free agent at the end of this right. year. That but. does come into play. But my thought process is, one, Sammy Vatnin's never played a full 82 games. So you don't know what kind of guy you're going to get in terms of health. So you might get a guy that, you know, and again, maybe well, so he plays the rest of the year. how are those conditions not, like, it's a conditional fourth-round pick. I don't know. I, yeah, and I, I think... Probably a third. This, yeah, it'll probably be a third. But um, you look at, and I think, given where Carolina is, I think they probably expect this guy to walk at the end of the year. They're probably not going to re-sign him. So maybe they weren't willing to give. But I think where the trade ended up being at the end of the day, right, I think New Jersey maybe was steadfast in saying, hey, we want a first-round pick. Maybe nobody was willing to give it to him for a guy who has never been healthy for a full season. And then finally they had to take the scraps because nobody, everybody was backing out. All the defensemen were yep. gone. Yep. Picks were moved, and they're like, crap, we got to take what we can get. So they get some decent prospects, guys who could be you know, decent players, not top six guys, but you know, could be potential you know, NHLers. And, and then you still get, a, you know, again, a third-round pick. So they get something. All right. Uh, Robin Lehner goes to the Vegas Golden Knights essentially for Malcolm Subban and a second-round pick. Love this deal. Yeah. Love it. Beautiful deal for them. Yeah. I think this this deal in and of itself guarantees the Vegas Golden Knights make the playoffs. Yeah. More more importantly, it's you keep Marc Andre Fleury fresh for the playoffs more than anything else. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still think Vegas is going to win this division. As well, they've I, won eight in a row now. So yeah, they've been on fire. They're six points up uh, on Vancouver and Edmonton. I don't think they'll be relinquishing that division lead in, not at all. At all no. uh, I hope Stone gets back soon. Uh, he was out there last game. I'm not sure what his status is. But, uh, again, all things aside, um, Robin Lehner is going to be a quality goaltender that's going to give them good starts when he's in there. You're, I mean, you're essentially putting in an, another number one. It's like having Tuka Rask and you know, Halak in net. Like Boston, they're not worried about who's playing minutes for them in net. So um, same with Vegas, right? They, they never really had a lot of faith, a lot of confidence in their backup position. And um, – you know, Leonard solidifies that for them for the stretch down here. And, um, you know, obviously Vegas isn't going to re-sign him. He's, they don't have the cap money to do it. And I, I think, you know, Leonard could potentially end up back in Chicago. But, um, 
you know, like I said, he gives Marc Andre Fleury some rest down the stretch. Yep, and that's exactly. What you, and plus, at the same time, he also gives. Uh, and by the way, Mark Stone not on IR or anything, so he should right. be he'll be fine. Uh, also gives him an option in the playoffs. I mean, Fleury has gone down before, and also Fleury has had some weird playoffs. Like he's been great the last four years. But it just gives you options. I think that having those options and having the the competition behind you is never a bad thing. And Flurry has proven that he can handle having somebody else who's very talented behind him, and he'll be okay with whatever happens. Right, and he knows too that this isn't a long term thing either. He knows that right. you know they're going to go find somebody else to play backup at the end of the season. So, I mean, Robin Leonard's got to be able to find a starting job somewhere. Oh. Somebody will pay him money. I mean, like I said, he can go back to Chicago, and they'll probably offer him a long-term deal, too. It's true. Uh, okay, last big move of the day. Brady Shea goes to the Carolina Hurricanes for a conditional first-round pick, the condition being that uh, so the, the Hurricanes have their own and Toronto's first-round pick. Whichever one is lower, the later pick is the one that the Rangers will get. So, Right. Um, yeah, this one kind of came out of nowhere to me. Uh, wasn't necessarily expecting them to move a guy like Brady Shea, uh, but they ditch on their veteran defenseman. Yeah, I love this move, actually, from a New York Rangers standpoint. And I'll tell you why. Um, basically, there's there's two names when you look at the Rangers defense, right? Obviously, we know about you know Truba. He's got the long-term deal in there, too. We know about the, another veteran guy, Mark Stahl. But um, two guys, Whoa. Anthony D'Angelo and Adam Fox, to me, are the reason why Brady Shea was expendable. And able to net them a first round pick and a you know a draft where they're probably going to get a pretty good pretty good prospect. Um, you know D'Angelo's come out of nowhere through sixty two games, forty seven points last year, thirty points in sixty games. And they know they're going to have to sign him to a probably a pretty good deal. Yeah, they got a couple years, so they're going to see what he's going to turn out to really be. Oh and no, if, D'Angelo's a free agent at the end of this is he? year. Oh, crap, he's, an right. an yeah, R, yeah. he's an R. He's an R. F. A. But the year. So yeah, I mean he's he's probably he's coming to the end of his ELC. I mean, based on uh, what he had, he had 30 points last year, and he's got 47 this year through the same amount of games. So he's probably going to want five, six million dollars at least. Yeah, it's you likely know, for I a mean, short-term deal. Either, either the either you sign him to a to a shortened deal, yeah, you know, a, a little bridge deal, or he gets maybe six years at five million a piece. Right, and then of course Adam Fox, the Harvard guy, you know, comes in this season and he's looked great back there i mean 35 points through 64 games now you do have a little bit you know more wiggle room with him because he's got a couple more years left on his deal but i think longer term they look at it and say okay well you know if we got these two guys producing at such a consistent rate for us we know we're going to have to obviously give adam fox some money and we like his game a little bit better than brady shays you know at least from an offensive standpoint and so you know they're going to have to pay him again that that anthony d'angelo money same thing too and um, you know, made Brady Shea a little bit more expendable for a guy who's kind of, I don't want to say struggled this year, but hasn't looked as good as he, you know, was when he yeah. signed with them. Yeah. Um, so now let's, uh, let's go back down the, the old trade, trade deadline history. Remember, well, it wasn't trade deadline. It was last year, April 30th was when the Hurricanes traded Adam Fox to the New York Rangers. So if we break down both these trades, <laughs> we've got Carolina sending Adam Fox to the New York Rangers along with a first round draft pick that can in in 2020 for what has now become a second round pick Brady Shea 
and a uh, and Mads Sogard, who is who they took in in the, in the second round here. So okay, uh, pretty good haul for Carolina. Yeah, uh, not bad. I mean, this basically, is the guy... I mean, Adam. They traded Adam Fox in the first round pick, and they've they've got Brady Shea. They've got a, I mean, a, a guy who was drafted in the second round last year. So I'm sure that they have high hopes for him and another second round pick this year. Yeah. And let's not forget to Adam Fox. He didn't want to go play in Carolina, right? So they weren't going to get any production out of him regardless. So right. they had to move him. Right. Um, and I mean, it's no surprise. Anyways, you look at Carolina at the time too, their, their depth at defense, they were stacked and again, still are, but um, yeah. So, you know, Fox goes over there and then they get, they get quite a decent return for a guy like that. All right, well, that's the trade deadline. Um, before we sign off, anyone that's in the playoffs right now that you think will miss the playoffs? <sighs> yeah, Calgary. I, I really think oh, Calgary. Calgary could be one team that I, I look at to potentially struggle. Um, to me, they, they don't look like they have the drive like some of these other teams do, and maybe it's because you know, again, they they've kind of sat in a wild card spot for most of the season. But um, you look at that game the other night against Nashville, right, where they lost with, I mean, Nashville ties it up with point one seconds yeah. and wins in overtime. Yeah. Michael Granlin killing them, um, but they just they don't seem to be clicking on all cylinders. They don't seem to be playing as well as they should be. And so, you know, if their goaltending doesn't carry them a little bit more, if Goudreau doesn't really step up, I think even more. Uh, they could they could be sitting on the outside with teams like you know Nashville, Winnipeg, and even Minnesota really pushing. Uh, I'll say the Columbus Blue Jackets probably end up missing the playoffs. Okay, they've the been Eastern hot Conference. though. They 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 actually are one four and five in their last ten, so they have been very bad. Have they really? Yeah, My they goodness. were hot they before were hot. those yeah. ten games. They were hot. Um, that's okay. It's very no offense to Columbus fans. It's easy to forget about them. No, that's yeah, that's I don't, true. But <laughs> the, you you would think that based on what Carolina did at the deadline, bringing in Brady Shea, Sammy Vatnin, and Vince Trocheck, while giving up very little to their to their roster, uh, you would think that this team has what it takes to overcome the Columbus Blue Jackets. When you consider that they have three games in hand. On, on Columbus, they're only two points back. Uh, I have to think that the Carolina Hurricanes can figure this out and and overcome the Blue Jackets, where I think that, yes, the Blue Jackets went on a nice little run, uh, but it just I, I just don't think that it'll be... It was enough. Like They just aren't good enough. No, I, they, I agree. They went on a run when they were so far out of the playoffs, and now they're in the playoffs, and the pressure's on again, and now they're struggling. Yeah, there's I think... Too, when you look at that Metro, there's a lot of other teams. Uh, like we talked about it, Carolina. I think you even have the Rangers pushing pretty hard. And then, of course, you've got Florida still. I don't know if they're going to get bitten by getting rid of Trocek or if Bobrovsky's going to. Well, I mean, Florida now is uh, they're four points back of the Leafs. They do have a game in hand at, in terms of the, the wild card. Right. I think they're probably. But they're right there, too. Um, so. You know, I think three. right now that it's like a forty percent chance they make the playoffs, or thirty eight percent, or something like that. That game against the Leafs was like where they started. Whoever won, if some one of the teams won in regulation, yeah, that was a four. They point both game. like, I think the Leafs went from a sixty percent chance of making the playoffs to like a seventy six percent, and Carolina went from a fifty two to a thirty eight percent, or something like that. You mean with Florida? that one game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Florida. Yeah, right. sorry. Uh, also, mark this on your calendar. Because this this could be a very huge game. 
April 3rd, the second to last game of the year for the Carolina Hurricanes, they do play the Columbus Blue Jackets. That'll be a good one. That should be a, a massive game. Um, but yeah, it'll be. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see if the Rangers can find their way in here. Uh, I don't think that the Islanders, despite some struggling as of late, I don't think that they'll miss. I think they'll figure this out. Uh, this isn't the worst time to struggle, like to have a little bit of a a like a a slow time, and then with 15, 10, 15 games left left towards the playoffs, that's when you can really start picking it up. Yeah, better now than with the, four games left. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. All right, well, that's our show. You can find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk, and uh, we will be back next week to, uh, well, we'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be this back. week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're recording this on a Saturday, so you'll hear this. You're probably hearing this on Monday, uh, but we'll we'll have more content for you. No more vacations for a little while, so that'll be, uh, that'll be good. All right, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.